You didn't do the theme music. Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. I am licking my wounds from an absolutely awful week 10. Uh, not only did uh, my the plays not go my way across the board, almost, uh, but then other awesome positions that I had are all in jeopardy now all of a sudden. Got to sweat out three games of Jameis Winston uh, on this, uh, you know, futures, all these future positions I took on the Saints. My futures positions I took on the Ravens right before that Patriots game, all lost value. Um, all kinds of questionable stuff going on in my portfolio where I was just so you know brimming with confidence as we went into week 10. Uh, and now I'm in comeback mode on, on, the, on the flip of a dime. Uh, Andy, you got any good looks for week 11? You got some bounce, backs, bounce back picks for me? Yeah, we had some. I thought we had some nice grabs on Sunday. Um, my Bears, the, the longest teaser ever, playing a teaser on Thursday and Monday night made me wait. <laughs> like, because, you know, a, a teaser leg is not a win, a teaser leg is like a, a stay of execution. So and usually, you know, a, a lot of times it's two games at once, and you'd be like, yes, this is coming through. But. So Indy, and Indy was looking a little tight after the first half. Sure. And then, obviously, you saw what happened on Thursday night. They blasted their way through the second half. I don't think the Titans actually scored. So the teaser light came through. But then, you know, I go to bed like, yeah, well, I didn't win a dime for having half of a bet right. I had to sit and wait all the way through Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday to cash the other half of that. And that was a little dicey. Like, I was feeling a... Dude, Nick Foles wanted to turn it over with the pick six so bad there at the end. He really wanted to blow that thing up. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't excited about that. So, I, I it cashed. I guess it's nice to it's nice to cash on the, you know, the last game of the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm ready to bounce back. I'm ready to look at this card. I'm excited for week 11. There's some really good games on this card, but before we get into what is a relatively short week, only 14 games, still a couple teams on by. Um, it's worth our time here to pick through the futures market to see if there's any value. We're basically at halfway, a little past halfway here. Um, more or less, I think we have about six games left for every team. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's exactly six for every team. That said, uh, this is kind of like betting at halftime, right? These markets are a little tight. We have a hell of a lot more information now than we had preseason, and you know these are sh these these numbers have been shaped fairly well. Like, there's not obvious, clear, glaring value across the board, except for one pick, which we will get to at the end of this breakdown. But uh, have you kind of combed through the futures market today? I know you were doing a lot of price shopping for the NBA draft today. Did you also do a little price shopping for division? conference and super bowl odds yeah and this is not a spot where like i really have to like a team going forward to grab a super bowl price i did it a couple years ago with like atlanta i mean it never has worked out but we've gotten some nasty prices on some teams that made the playoffs like 
Colts hundred to one to win the AFC. You know they didn't have a shot, but if they would have gotten to the game, you would have been able to make some money. You know, in the AFC title game, we'd have been able to make some money there. So it's usually something where uh, I don't mind grabbing. I don't mind grabbing some stuff. But this year, Super Bowl prices just haven't been too tasty for me. So I looked more in the division markets, and you know, I started to run. I just extrapolated my numbers out and and really needed a nap this afternoon because I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't like. I just felt like it was. It's the easiest thing adding probabilities up to get to get a median projected, and I'm just like I'm missing a step here. And you're like, you had to talk me down off that. Nope, this is. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you sum your prob- implied probabilities there. Um, okay, well, as far as the yeah, I generally agree with you. These numbers look pretty tight to me. Um, I'm surprised that there hasn't been more overreaction in the AFC for the Chiefs. Honestly, um, the fact that they aren't in the driver's seat for the one seed maybe is what's thrown a little bit of cold water on them in the market. You know, if they're going to have to play for sure wild card weekend play one more game than the Steelers potentially. If the Steelers can uh, ride this out, then uh, that's going to be a little tougher path. Um, But from a power number standpoint, they're so far and away the best team in the NFL. I'm surprised that they're still, you know, in the ballpark of three, you know, plus 350 to win the uh, Super Bowl here. Um, Do you think that is a fair price? Do you have any Chiefs, by the way, from preseason? We talked about it like this. We talked about it and said this price is only going to get shorter. I guess I'm sitting here looking at. I think why didn't it get short, shorter than it already has? We do. We do have some Chiefs. We have some. I think both of us took Chiefs. I, I'm assuming you did too. Oh yeah. And we talked. Well, it was the argument was it's going to get shorter, and the same with uh, MVP market. Like, uh, and it is shorter in both cases. I have some Patty Mahomes. Yeah, you know, Russell made a run at that, and he, you know. Made it a little sketchy there at times, but uh, that wasn't sustainable. And now, you know, there's other people entering the market, too. There's talk of Kyler and other quarterbacks are playing well, but Patty should be the favorite. We don't have the we don't have the fatigue. It went Edwards one, right? It did, and I was so confused because I got the draft cast up, and they're saying, on the clock, Golden State, best available, LaMelo Ball, best fit, Anthony Edwards. I'm like, oh, shit, dude. Don't tell me Wiseman went first. Like I'm screwed. But no, it was Anthony Edwards, right? I mean that yeah. there, it was Anthony Edwards. Okay, okay. Wow. <laughs> we are yeah. We are got, watching. We are watching. I got a little draft while we do this. I got a little loose on the old uh, Anthony Edwards under one and a half today. So that was uh, that was uh, a relief. Okay, sorry. Anyway, yeah. yeah <laughs> there, there was there was a lot of. I mean, there was a lot of uh, intrigue in the first because it's the Timberwolves. You never know what they're gonna do. Their uh, drafting has always been uh, now my spreadsheet works good. Not exactly what I hope. Um, so yeah, we we do have some Chiefs. That's Chiefs are like a boring stock. It's like an index fund. Like, hey, buy this. It'll be more valuable in ten months. Absolutely, great point. Yep. Like that's what we yep. did. It's it's not it's not going to triple. It's not the the hot tip you get from your buddy about some who like this. They might have the vaccine, man. Yeah. yeah. It's you, the it's the Bitcoin. Gonna... It's not the Ripple. Yeah. <laughs> it's the it's not the shit coin. It's the Bitcoin, right? No, hundred percent. So yeah, it's something that accrues value nicely, and you know, there we go. We have accrued some nice numbers on those. I'm not looking to add any more, and I think. 
maybe the number I thought the number would be more depressed because of the the Steelers being undefeated and being ahead of the Chiefs right now. And mm-hmm. I guess I'm a, I'm a little upset it isn't. That kind of bothers me. So I'm I'm pretty out on the Super Bowl market in general and maybe okay. even the AFC market. But yeah, like three and a quarter, I'm not I'm not liking that. If I had to bet one team to win the Super Bowl, I guess I would start to look at a team that can win their division, maybe has some pieces that need to get healthy yet, and you know experienced quarterback, experienced coach, you're talking a team with, you know, a good offense, a team that can score, and the Saints just aren't priced well. Like Saints are seven fifty to win it. That'd be the only thing I could look to add. They're third favorite though, man. They're tied with the Bucks. I think they mm-hmm. do win their division. You know, the the joke about them choking everything in the playoffs is it's overplayed. It's it's yeah. been just it's been bad luck. But the the Saints are a team who, if the offense does click, I'd like to add them. I'm surprised with Bru- Breeze's injury. This hasn't dropped. I was yeah, hoping same. for that as well. I wanted a bigger price on that. <laughs> so yep. um, yeah, Colts Colts twenty five to one is semi intriguing. But again, the AFC is so tough. Like, um, yeah, it's, I, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard for me to grab someone down lower than that. I think the Ravens are a bit overpriced right now. The Bills probably and then the titans i'm just not interested in with uh some of the deficiencies they've had so nothing much for the super bowl i looked more at the divisions um i ran a lot of numbers because i was really really trying to make a case to just plug my nose and take seattle Uh uh-huh and i finally i think i landed on the rams wow wow interesting what's the best number you could find for that two to one yeah right around two to one if you shop Okay. So there's, but there's plenty of plus 175s. Cardinals, probably not a buy, even though I bet them to win tomorrow. Maybe not win, but I bet them to. Uh, to stay inside three and a half, right? Yeah. Well, four. Yeah. Four. Oh, you got four. Oh, wow. Great play, Great play by you. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I dig all that. I mean, you got so, two more games between the Cardinals and the Rams. The Rams got a very easy schedule, at least in terms of travel. Um, I guess. Yeah, finally, the, all do, that traveling in the early season back and forth, it, now it finally is coming. Did you already bet the Rams, or are we just talking this through because you see value? So I'm just talking this through. It's something I okay, just did this Because if they lose to the Bucks, which I think is going to happen. That's exactly it. Then you shouldn't play it now, right? Nope, exactly. Okay. The only, the only issue, so, and here's my question. Mm-hmm. If... And this, I guess this is my scenario that I would like to happen. And in my numbers that I put together, I have them losing. You know, I have them not favored against Tampa Bay. Obviously, you shouldn't. Yes. So in my divisional breakdown here, I have them. I would make them a three-point underdog to Tampa. <laughs> wow. R- roughing it out. Roughing it out. I, I did some other stuff. Like, and I have them losing, like, 60% of the time they lose that game. Okay, that's fair. So, so we have the air I and obviously I have the Arizona Seattle game closer than the market cuz I was happy to bet it for. So in a scenario where Arizona sneaks one out against Seattle mm-hmm. and the Rams lose, Seattle, Arizona takes sole possession of first place in the in the NFC West. And then you've got the, the division record of 3-0 and also for the Cardinals at that point. Wow. be ahead of everybody. Uh, the Rams would still have an advantage in conference record, 
in division record mm-hmm. and in head-to-head over Seattle. So mm-hmm. Seattle would be third of three out of this group as they are right now. And that's that's where I'd be more than happy to grab the Rams. I think okay. if, and even I guess if if the Rams beat Tampa Bay and things don't work out, then I guess shame on me. But I think the way the way things are headed, even if Seattle wins and the Rams lose, I still think that's a great way for me to grab some afterwards because then they host the beat up Niners, they go to Arizona, they host New England, they host the Jets. They go to Seattle and then they host Arizona again, so it's it's a lot of you know they can do a lot of making up later in the season, and yeah. I have them just the the New England game, the San Francisco game, and the Jets game. Like I don't, they're not gimmies, but I have those high enough probability where I'm giving this team ten to eleven wins, which okay. is pretty much in line with Seattle. Okay, and I have Arizona one one further back from their their uh, schedule slightly tougher, I think. The other reason that that's a fair play is because this is still going to come down to week 17 and they're at home and you're going to have them as a favorite. So you can always get out of this without much sweat if it is, you know, if it does come down to that game. So that's cool. I I totally agree with that. But I do think you wait till after this weekend. And there even could be some market overreaction because I think that there's narrative coming out of this game. And I don't want to spoil it because we're going to get to a full Sunday night football handicap. But I think the narrative coming out of this game is... The loss of Andrew Whitworth is huge. Jared Goff under pressure is bad. The Rams season is derailed because of this key injury, right? Like I, I can see people kind of talking themselves into, oh, I knew the Rams were overrated. Oh, I knew they, you know, because I honestly, I, I like the Bucks a lot this week. I think that's a fair play. Um, I think your prices and your your win probabilities are, are reasonable, but I think there are enough matchup advantages here for the Bucks that I think uh, that they're going to do, do some damage to the Rams and, and could swing perception. So I'm fully on board if you get down on that Monday or even Sunday night if it goes back up. That's a, that's a fair play. That's cool. Oh, no, the game is Monday night. So, yeah, Tuesday. <laughs> it was Tuesday. It's Monday. I thought it was Sunday night football. It's Monday night football this week. Sorry. Um, I don't disagree with that. And, I again, you know, I don't see obvious value across any of these other markets. Um, I'd like to see the Miami Dolphins catch the Bills. I just don't see it. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Dolphins are destined for a wild card spot. Uh, the Steelers lock up the NFC, AFC North, I think, when they beat the the hapless, hurt, injured Baltimore Ravens on Thanksgiving night. Uh, Colts, I wouldn't bet them now because I think uh, the Colts are vulnerable this weekend. Um, but I do think eventually they take the AFC South. Um, Chiefs, clearly, AFC West. Uh, NFC East is just you know, my, you know, if you really want to hurt yourself, you know, get some help. Talk to a specialist. Talk to a <laughs> talk to a talk. Talk. We'll we'll recommend a good um, psychiatrist. You you talk it out. Don't hurt yourself. Don't bet on the NFC East winner. Um, it's not worth it. Uh, Packers clearly NFC North. I agree with you. Saints South. Uh, yeah. So the West is really the only angle to attack. So interesting. Yeah. I, interesting. I tried, to, I tried to make a case for in the AFC South. I just couldn't do much with that. It just, especially after the win on Thursday night, Colts put themselves into the catbird seat. I did see an early Super Bowl line. I'm not saying I've bet those before, but I'm not not saying I have. Um, I think the better numbers on the Dolphins are gone. At this point, you're just jumping yes. on the bandwagon too late. You needed to do that a couple weeks ago when you get a big number. The, they're, you don't bet after they have their winning streak. If you had some Steelers before the season... 
as certain people did. <laughs> five to one you got, right? Yeah, I don't feel bad Wowie. about taking some Ravens at plus 550. I probably won't just because of the lead is Oh, you're size. better off just betting them, taking the points on on Thursday Night Football next yeah, week on exactly. Thanksgiving. Yeah, for sure, for that sure. Is, that is the plan for us, just enough to get my stake back. And okay. then, and maybe Midland, Christ, that'd be great. Yeah, and the if you really, yeah, the, the whole Eagles-Giants-Washington thing, I could make a case for Washington, the way the schedule's suss out and the fact that Alex Smith didn't look terrible. And they have they have another game where they could win this weekend, and they're six to one, and it's a bad, bad, bad division where, you know, you look at the record like, oh shit, they have a terrible record. Yeah, they're like a game and a half back. So, just the the way things, were, what are they? They are two and seven compared to three, five and one. So they're one game back in the win column and two games in the loss column. So yeah. A game and a half back. I think that tie is going to come in and Philly's just going to take it on a weird tie anyway. Awful. Awful. Yep. Okay. How about the awards market real quick before we move into the games? Um, I think, again, Mahomes now is the favorite to win the MVP is fair. Um, he's done enough through this, you know, through this stretch, and they're going to get to 13 wins. And the voters tend to look at wins first and then quarterback second. And Mahomes' touchdown-interception ratio is so – superlative that they're going to be tough hard pressed to look past him even for a russell wilson who has yet to get an mvp vote in his career which is a travesty but maybe he'll get one this year um mahomes rightfully favored there i don't think your roethlisberger ticket's going to get there even though that was a great great play <laughs> if he goes a great he goes one 16 man. and oh you kind of got it if they get to the point where they're like they're like 14 and oh even if his numbers aren't that good, they'll talk about it. And it's dumb. They shouldn't because he's not playing that great. Right. But absolutely. Um, I'm excited for this. And realistically, I'm like, to talk. Yeah. Realistically, Wilson and Murray, and there's it's just too competitive in the NFC West for any of those teams to really run the table and get enough wins that they're in the conversation with Mahomes, is my opinion. Um, or Roethlisberger, for that matter. Or Aaron Rodgers, for that matter. I mean, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is – is going to get it this year because uh, you put him up against Mahomes and you're going to save Mahomes every time, I think. Um, defensive player of the year is weird, though. Uh, our guy, TJ Watt, who we are on at 10 to 1 preseason, is the current market favorite. I was surprised by this. I figured he would be behind the clear best player in the NFL on the defensive side of the football, Aaron Donald. I think this is because the Steelers are undefeated and people tend to think of them as a defensive team. Uh, and his he's got nine sacks, but Aaron Donald has nine sacks. Uh, you know, TJ Watt's statistical profile is very impressive. I get that. Um, but I, I feel like there is a very clear consensus in the media right now that the best defensive player in the league is Aaron Donald. And that is usually how this is awarded. Do you agree? Yeah, that's fair. So if I have a max play down on TJ Watt, a 10 to one preseason, how much should I be getting down on Aaron Donald at plus 240 right now? Because that feels like a very, very poor price. That should be closer to even odds. I would use an arbitrage calculator to make it to win the same amount. Because Okay, so you think it's very possible that TJ Watt still ends up winning this? At least, I'd, I'd say at least like 40% of the time. Wow. It's, okay. it's, it's, another, it's a narrative thing where the Steelers go undefeated and he has like 
16, 18 sacks. I don't and think a, the Steelers are going undefeated, though, man. Well, I mean, even at like a 15 and 1, 14 and 2 season, like 14 and 2 kind of is in reach. Yeah, that's in 14 reach. and 2 is very within reach. So if they have some crazy ass season like that, and he has a bunch of sacks, a couple picks, how many pass defendants, quarterback hits, we went over this a bunch. It's uh, crazy. Really six, six passes defended for TJ Watt. Uh, 28 quarterback hits. That's 10 more than the next big, next highest guy. 11 more than the next highest guy, who's Aaron Donald. But you know, I, I, in my opinion, the defensive player of the year award is usually just we crown who we think is the best defensive player. Period. You know, statistics aside, if statistics support it, that's great. And I think they will for Aaron Donald because he's going to clearly get into double digit sacks. Um, and he's he's playing out of his mind. He's he's an absolute monster. And anyone who's watching tape, anyone who's doing highlights, you cannot stop seeing him make amazing plays. So I think Donald at plus 240 is an absolute steal. Uh, I'm going to add that to my portfolio to cover some of that watt exposure. But realistically, I think this is a plus EV bet um, by a decent amount. Um, I also am super annoyed at the defensive rookie of the year market. Patrick Queen being at the top is just annoying. Um, he was awful last week. He hasn't, he's all he's done is get say, you know, tackles and what is a good defense supported by a lot of the players around him. He has not stood out in my, my, in my mind, in my grading at all. Uh, Chase Young should very, very much be at the top of this market. And I really hope he puts some, you know, puts up some stats, at, you know, from here on in, cause I have a lot of Chase Young already at a, at a much better number that you can get. Yeah. Now. Same um, and it, offensive rookie of the year is this is total, this is a total crapshoot, right? Yeah, it's it's up between the quarterbacks. I really do think Herbert should win it, uh, stats wise, and looking like someone who's going to play well, eh, he's there. But I wouldn't surprise me if Burrow won, and if Tua takes his team to the playoffs or Christ forsake wins the division. And let's talk about that too. That's going to go right into my last point before we get into the games. Tomlin and Flores. Yeah, your, who's your pick? Leaders. It, it comes down to if Flores wins the division, he has to win it. If yes. he takes, if he wins the division, he wins it. If not, Tomlin wins it. But I mean, if Flores wins, like if he just wins, he pulls the Texans and just like wins out and overtakes the Bills, and the Dolphins win the division for the first time in quite a while, then Christ, you got you got to give it to him. I, I don't know how you don't. Tomlin had a great you know year, but he's an established coach. And he has a, a really sick roster. Yeah, a <laughs> yeah. Sick roster. Like if the if the Dolphins win this division, I think Flores and Tua might sweep those two. Oh and wow! If and if not, it's probably Herbert and Tomlin. I mean, even if they make the playoffs, Flores absolutely deserves it, in my opinion. Yeah, I think um, if he makes the playoffs, it's a fifty-fifty. <laughs> but if yeah. he wins the division, it's I think it's all but a lock. I mean, imagine it. pulling the trigger on the switcheroo from Fitzpatrick, who was playing at that level, to Tua. And now Tua is on this undefeated run. They're probably going to pick up another win this week in Denver. Like, uh, it's an incredible, incredible season so far for the Dolphins. Very happy for that We're big team Flores fans. fans. Yeah, oh, a huge Flores fan. Yeah, I'm ready to play for that guy. I'll run through a wall for him. Um, all right, well, let's get into the games, then. I think that was a very fair breakdown. You're you're going to add Rams after they get the, their doors blown off by the Bucks, and uh, I'm going in on Aaron Donald now. I don't think there's any reason to wait on that. Because, um, honestly, I, I mean, I guess, do you think TJ Watt gets like six sacks this week against the Jaguars? Should I wait? <laughs> Am I going to get a better number? <laughs> Am I going to get a better number? We'll see. Luton, Luton is sneaky. Okay. All right. All right, well. Uh, let's get into these games, and let's start on Thursday Night Football with the Arizona Cardinals. 
rematch against the Seattle Seahawks. Really, really, really good game. The first of these games was extremely memorable. Sunday Night Football uh, went to overtime. There were some fluky penalties on the Seattle Seahawks that kept Arizona in that game. Uh, brought you know got them back into it and then secured them the win in overtime. Uh, but Kyler Murray played well. The C- the Arizona offense played well in well enough in that game to earn that win. Uh, Seattle defense is you know has really not taken any meaningful step forward from that time. In fact, they've regressed even further. They just a just the team overall brutal performance last week against the Rams. Extremely disappointed in how they played. Uh, they lost their starting center. They lost a guard, and the Rams got. Pressure early and often completely disrupted what uh, Russell Wilson was trying to do from a quarterback standpoint, and he never really had a chance in that game. Rams' second-half adjustments were incredible, too, and uh, Seattle coaching remains a problem. Even though they're letting Russ cook, they still do not have a strong game plan, even in division. So it is not um, surprising that there was momentum for the Cardinals this week. I think on Sunday night's pod, Andy made a very strong case that Arizona was a fair play at plus four. And lo, lo and behold, we have yet to, we haven't sniffed that number since Sunday night. Um, this is going to go off at uh, Seattle minus three. Uh, pretty solid, pretty decent injury news for Seattle, I guess. Lockett is probably going to go. Uh, Arizona is missing a number of players on their defense. Does that scare you at all in your position? Or do you think that this is like every other Seattle game and they have a 50-50 chance to win? I thought about that a little. And to me, it's like, how many times have I made this case? I made it last week when we really stumped for my favorite play of the week was the, the over in that game You know, the, with the Bills. I said, this Cardinals defense isn't good. So I guess losing, I don't want to say replacement level players because they're not all. Like, they, they've they had some decent output. Not decent. I don't even want to say decent. I shouldn't say anything nice about this pass rush. Like, it, it's been a bad defense. When you lose players off a of bad defense, how much worse can it get? Like, there is a, there's a floor, if you sure. know what I'm saying. So I guess I'm not terribly worried about a few defensive injuries. It's both sides. Both sides have some injuries. Um we got a receiver that's going to go, but he's hurt uh, in Lockett. And I think they still have injured running backs in Seattle. So, I mean, there's a bunch of injuries. It's, we're at that time of year. There's going to be a ton. I wasn't banking, like, oh, I'm banking on Arizona's defense to really step up and win this game for them. I'm banking on Kyler and this offense to wow. just crush them on the outside because they can't cover anyone. So, I mean, they, they made Goff look good at times. I think Kyler scampering around should be just fine. And again, it was just a bad it was a bad number for according to my stuff at least. So my my price was like minus two and two point something. I'm gonna okay. pull it up here. So I made it minus two point three. Four was a four was a dumb number in my mind. I was happy to take that. And yeah, it's the home field is just not a thing. This was one of the places where I would give maybe even extra home field. Sure. In years past, and that's it's not something you can do right now. No, I agree with you. Uh, all, all you know, completely agree with you. If Seattle manages to win this game, they win by three, probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is a very, this is a very, uh, these are very closely contested teams. Um, Kyler Murray and the uh, Arizona Cardinals offense have integrated some brilliant wrinkles uh, with design game run plays. <laughs> shot probably could have been tied could have should have would have been tied um yeah these two teams are very close um seattle can't the seattle's never gonna win big um you know they're always gonna win ugly if they win um 
and honestly, like I don't 100% know what's going on with Russell Wilson. Is he having a little crisis of confidence right now? I mean, there's something weird going on with the way that he's playing. It's such such a different performance than we saw earlier this season. Um, but anyway, I it'll be a fun game. I I'm enjoying the Kyler Murray experience. I'm enjoying Cliff Kingsbury taking a, a few steps forward as far as a coach goes. Um, just real quick, total random sidebar. It was a very very exciting final play of that. Uh, uh, Buffalo Arizona game that Hail Mary was just absolutely awesome do you think that uh, Kingsbury decided to kneel the extra point intentionally because he was worried about the blocked kick run back or did he think that that was a time down and they were running out the clock I don't know man like <laughs> did you see the clip yeah and it sucked too like <laughs> that's a game that's the game where we thought people were screwing with us in the chat, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, look, watching the clip, I think King, Kingsbury thought that they were running out the clock. Yeah. On that, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, though. Anyway, um, still, you know, he's he's got he's got he's got to take some more meaningful steps forward. I, I'm hopeful that the Cardinals make the playoffs because I think they're going to be a fun fade um, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> Similarly, Miami, by the way, we'll get to them in a minute. Um, but uh, yeah, this should be a fun game. Uh, no real action for me on this one. We'll find find a good way to attack at halftime. The total has gotten bet up as we kind of expected. It was 55, 56 when we talked on Sunday. It's up to 58 now. There's been a little bit of buyback to the under. Um, not expecting really any defensive resistance from either side of the football here. So um, although there's going to be a little bit of weather, they're calling for thunderstorms and rain i'm looking at 50 to 60 percent chance of rain here um no wind though so it might get a little sloppy might get a little funky might be some fumbles but it should be a fun game um let's move on down the card and you can tee us off on sunday with uh the game uh that i would like to bet but can't stomach any more philadelphia action at this point in my life this is this is one i already bet i took cleveland minus three okay I was happy with it. Um, yeah, what have my notes on that? The Eagles' defense stinks. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hot giving... take, man. You got to warn me before you go with the hot oh, takes. The, yeah, I had it written. How do I have this written down? They gave up a lot on the ground. Four point or six point eight yards per carry on their ass with Danny Dimes Yikes. and like Wayne Gallman. So now, now they go up against a team who actually likes to run the ball a bunch, has two very good running backs, and honestly, probably a better offensive line. And they, and then Philly trots a guy out there who is going to probably lead the league in sacks taken, fumbles coughed up, not always lost. I don't know if he actually lost one, but he fumbled twice again. The guy can't hold on to the ball. Quarterback sacks are a quarterback stat. Wentz is regressing. I don't know what happened. If losing, uh, well, who who is the quarterback coach up there? Uh, De Filippo, De Filippo, Frank Reich, Frank Reich. Losing some of those coaching. If those guys lifted Peterson up and made him look like a good coach, obviously Frank Reich. We think highly of him down in Indy, and De Filippo's continuously gotten hired. So uh, maybe that's the case. But I don't know what's going on with Wentz. He's making some bad decisions. And maybe his his upbringing is finally showing through. Where it's like, oh, the guy played in the FCS, man. He he was fun, but he can he can jump around, but he's fumbling the ball and taking sacks at a stupid rate. Cleveland's not good, man. 
I'm not I'm not like excited to back Cleveland here, but they're a six and three team with a negative point differential. Yikes! But, but they showed what they can do last week in a bad weather game. They ran the ball forty one times out of sixty two plays. They didn't turn the ball over, and they won an ugly game. They can win a a low scoring ugly game. I just think they are able to march up and down the field with this running game. And three, I, I felt it would move. So what are we looking at right now? There's probably juicy threes. Juicy like threes are three and a half. Juicy threes, cheap three and a half. So I'm happy yep. to get the good number there because last week I wanted to take them. And once the number moved, I thought better of it. And for that was a great most, call. most of that long run, I was kicking myself. And then he stepped out of bounds and <laughs> said, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord I missed out on that. <laughs> if it came down to that coin flippy of a, of a play anyway, then um... – it wasn't a good play. So, yeah, no, right no, yeah. It's uh, looking at something, though, like, oh, I wish I had this ticket when the team's up. It's easy to do that after the fact, of course. Of course, of course, of course, of course. What do you think of this total? It's been bouncing around. There was rumors of another terrible wind day, um, but now that's kind of cooled off. Is there still an angle for an under here, uh, given that the Philadelphia defense just got absolutely embarrassed and that, um, you know, Cleveland's going to run, 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 shorten this game on their own. I mean, and God, I mean, what is what what is Philadelphia going to do with their coach quarterback situation going forward? Peterson's not getting the most out of these guys. Wentz does not have the goods. Like, this is unraveled so quickly for Philadelphia. And they are somehow still potentially going to be in the playoffs if they just grind out a 500 season from here, which is insane. But I, I, you know, I have no idea what the future of this franchise looks like. And I've lost complete confidence in both the coach and the quarterback. Yeah. I don't know, man. We do this sometimes. And, and we say like, this is what I would do. And I usually have a good idea. I have no idea. I don't yeah. know what to do that right now. Like They're in, they're in a weird, weird spot right now because, uh, I mean, it's it's not like they're in contract hell, but they got to pay some guys here soon. They're getting oh, yeah. older. They're getting older at some weird spots. I don't know. This is a goofy roster. I, I would not. I would not want to be Howie. Mm. Have, have yeah. fun with that. I guess. At least you have a good owner. That's the only thing you can say. Best owner in the uh, best owner in the in the division. So you got yeah, that for going sure. for you. Yeah, um, I don't have right. to do them, but uh, going going forward. I'm not a I'm not an Eagles backer. I was close mm. to backing the Eagles last weekend too. Couldn't quite mm. pull it. Okay, let's slide on down to the Big Easy. I'll tee us off here. Atlanta coming off their bye, taking on the New Orleans Saints, who are making a quarterback switch. This is a fun handicap because you get to have a whole conversation about how many points is the downgrade from Drew Brees to Jameis Winston worth. And that bring, is bring up oh, that comment yeah, from ahead. Twitter. Bring up that comment from Twitter that you answered because I thought you you hit on a good point uh, about who Jameis is and who Jameis played for last year. Oh, right. Yes. No. Yeah. Our buddy Rich uh, said, uh, you know, is is does the switching of quarterbacks mitigates some of the advantage of a buy because you were potentially preparing for, to face Drew Brees. And now all of a sudden you got to play James Winston. And as a matter of fact, Atlanta, this defense, this defensive coordinator, who's now the head coach, they prepared for James Winston twice a year, the last two seasons. So this is not a huge, um, you know, unknown quantity that they're dealing with. Um, in fact, the last game of James Winston, the last game that James Winston started was against the Atlanta Falcons. Do you remember how that one ended? 
<laughs> with, a pick, with a pick six with a bow on top with a, a beautiful bow right on the top of that season that was the 30 for 30 right like that was yeah, the 30 did it right? last Looks last, like last we year. made it yeah. um all right so yeah i mean it is a fun conversation to talk about the, what the, the downgrade from drew Brees to james winston is i have it at about 10 percent implied win probability actually nine nine so almost 10 percent some of that is because Drew Brees is playing very well this year. Some of that is because James Winston is turnover prone. Uh, and honestly, they're going to have an inter interesting time kind of reshaping this offense to James Winston's strengths on the fly because he's really not a Teddy Bridgewater type. Teddy Bridgewater could come in and do a damn decent Drew Brees impression. We saw that last year. I do not know that James Winston can do that. And in fact, it's going to be interesting to see if Sean uh, Payton, you know, who's been, I think, calling a, a, tr a tremendous job calling this offense over the last uh, about six weeks. It's been very, very cool to see the way the sequencing has been awesome. I've been enjoying it like it tremendously. And it, it, does he adapt? Does he all of a sudden say, okay, well, let's, uh, let's do some more deep shots. Let's, let's try to lean into James Winston's strengths. Or does he say, okay, James, we're going to make you play, um, you know, a safer, con you know, safer, uh, you know, less in less turnover prone way, uh, which, doesn't really, you know, doesn't really suit him. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, that's a that's a big question. Um, but real for me in this game, I think there's value on Atlanta, and it's because I think regardless of the adjustment you make from uh, Wins from Breeze to Winston, the reference point was kind of crazy here. The look ahead of seven between New Orleans and Atlanta never really made sense to me. Um, Atlanta is very clearly right now playing at league average level, if not a little above league average, right? If you extrapolate how they've played over their last four games over a full season, this is an eight and eight or nine and 17. I'm very confident in that. And Matt Ryan has kind of rediscovered some of the things that made him good in the past. And honestly, he's, he's doing well in spite of their offensive coordinator, Dirk Cutter, who I hate. Um, but that's a different story. I still think that there's not seven points separating these two teams. Even if you want to give New Orleans a couple extra points for home field advantage, there's not five points separating these two teams. And so adjusting down one point, two points, three points, whatever, 10%, 5%, 15%, whatever, it still is too big of a number. This should be three. I don't think that there's really that big of a gap between these teams. There's no real meaningful injuries for Atlanta here that I'm concerned about. Atlanta's getting their number one uh, red zone target in Calvin Ridley back healthy. Um, you know, a lot of these players on this Atlanta team have not quit on the season, even though they started so poorly and they fired their coach. Um, so I'm riding here with the Falcons. Am I making a mistake in your opinion? No, I'm, I want to bet the Falcons. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why I'm not. Okay. Like, I'm staying away from this game because all your bankroll set up in the NBA draft. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, no, I'm, I'm winning. I'm I called the top topping. four, by the way. I told you right before the top. It went, it went no, that didn't pay very well, though. It, was it didn't pay well, though. No. See, I, I no. still need some. Uh, I, Although, I, I hey, shout out to our me. guy, Will Brinson. Yeah, Patty Williams, he, fourth he overall. Big one. He had <laughs> That's great. On that. 24 to 1 incredible. was the best He was he so far ahead. He was so far ahead of the market. He works on that. at CBS. He probably knows some people. You think he does? I don't I bet know. Bet you he does. Yeah. He probably does. Either way, so back to back to what the hell game were we talking about? Hotlanta, New Orleans. I lean Atlanta. I wish the number were bigger. I'd bet it. But I'm staying away from this because Jameis 
is super unknown. I think he has a, at this point in his career, he might have a higher ceiling than Drew Brees, especially with the receivers he has. A hundred percent. You can point to last year, but he certainly has a lower floor. <laughs> part of part of that is not just the turnovers and the, the pick six jokes and all the interceptions. Part of it is going to be the coaching staff. We saw what they did when he put them in last week. And granted, this game is going to start tied rather than, what, up by several scores when he entered the game. Yep. So different situation, but I think the floor for him is because of how the game will be called. I don't think they're going to cut him loose. I think it'll be similar to the game plan they ran with him. Maybe a little more aggressive, and they do have some time to work with him this week, but you're not going to see Jameis unleashed. So, uh, and in the instance that he does get unleashed, I'm worried that New Orleans wins by like 20, because this offense looked pretty tough the last couple weeks. No, staying away, but yeah, I, I definitely lean towards Atlanta with you. I like that play. Uh, do you think part of my 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 gut here to fire on Atlanta, besides just the fact that there's line value in my opinion, am I being defensive of my futures positions on the Saints at all? Because they, I don't like like a loss here hurts them, and this feels like a game that's decided by a field goal either way. Losses aren't good. You're right, but yeah, I don't think so. I think you're pretty good at separating yourself from a future okay. position okay. when you actually see an angle. So okay. I don't mind. Okay. It. All right. All right. Well, let's go Falcons. Um, total's a little too low too, right? Not crazy there. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, you think the total's fair? Okay. Okay. Again, I was expecting like I, 53, I, you know? I think, I think it's a little depressed because we don't know what we'll see. And if it, is a, okay. if it is a vanilla offense from New Orleans, it might stay low. Okay. All right. Why don't you talk about uh, Detroit, Carolina? This is another very interesting handicap, no. but I do not have action. Yeah, is it even on the board anymore? Uh, yeah. Uh, Sugar House in Pennsylvania has a side and total of. Would you look at oh, that? That's something. <laughs> uh, do you want me yeah, to call it out? Kinda, it's been kind of a. Well, no. I, I mean, I have numbers for it, but. It has been kind of a uh, ongoing saga for a couple weeks now with. Uh, with our guy, uh, what's what are we? Uh, Stafford. Yeah, Stafford. Yep. I could not think of his name. Matthew yeah, Stafford. Highly drafted Georgia player. That's happened. That happened tonight too. So Stafford with the COVID. <laughs> number one overall from Georgia. This is the last time, right? That's well, a Edwards. good, good, good. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good throwback. Yeah. It was a good throwback. It's an elite club. So <laughs> Matt Stafford with the COVID, with the injury, with the finger, with everything. There, there's been a lot of uncertainty in those games, and now we have Ted, Teddy's trending. Maybe, yeah. So, you know, this is so. This is off the board right now when we're talking about it. Almost everywhere. unless unless you're in Pennsylvania, in which case you can play Carolina minus one and a half, and over forty five and a half at Sugar House. Whatever that is. <laughs> so this is a tricky one because if it ends up being like PJ Walker, things could get a little sketchy. And uh, the strength on weakness here would be the Detroit passing game versus a bad secondary, a bad defense. But again, if, if it's Galladay-less, Galladay-less, sans Galladay, Stafford's just not as good. <clears throat> I think I think Galladay's going to go. Yeah, it, it, this is one exactly. So not only is it kind of off the board, but I'm waiting and I'm ready to possibly hammer it over. 
If, okay. if a few things if a few things hash out right, I'd play this over up to like forty seven. Okay. Probably higher. So Galladay, that would be great. Teddy's knee wasn't as bad as it turns out. That'd be great. This Detroit Lions defense is still kind of bad. If you can find someone smart enough to pick on them, you know Washington scored on every second half drive. Oh my goodness! <laughs> like just to say that out loud oh, wow. is upsetting. You so said, they were the they were, like the Washington football team. The Washington football team every wow. second half drive. Um, Detroit was up 14 with two minutes, 30 seconds left in the third quarter. They oh. went after a score. So they went three and out. That took them a minute and 30 seconds. Washington scored a touchdown. They went three and out. That took them two minutes and 28 seconds. And then Washington got the ball back again. Like If that's how that offense is going to go, if that's how they play with the lead, which is kind of how the script would go if the offense is playing well. Like this is uh doesn't matter who gets a lead. I think either of these teams can play from behind. And I like that kind of script with some bad defenses. And Swift, who was my rookie of the year pick, one of them, he's improving nicely. I like some of his play. Okay. Amendola's got a hurt <clears throat> hip. They're losing <clears throat> weapons left and right. So Amendola's got a hip, yep. Things Things have to hash out right for this, but I might be in the business for an over. Do you have a look on the side at all? I would lean Detroit. No. I don't love the idea of putting a hurt Teddy out there and seeing them run a more conservative offense to keep him from getting hit. I don't love it. Uh and that's kind of what they did earlier this season at one point and um, makes me a little nervous about Carolina in this spot, to be honest. And if Galladay goes, man, Stafford and Galladay together, it's just a different dynamic. Um, although I am a little woke on, uh, you know, Stafford thumb injury. Never want to never want a throwing thumb injury. Um, so that's a little weird. Um, but that helps an over, too, because you could get some weird fumbling. Um, speaking of Detroit, did you see uh, Detroit just – Detroit just fucked some people big time, taking Killian Hayes seventh. <laughs> that was one of the more steamed overs that I saw in all of the markets. And it was seven and a half, was that the number? And it got steamed to the over like bejesus. There must have been a lot of money on that over. Anyway. Yeah, every everyone I know took Hayes. <laughs> like, Sorry, I guys. It. Well, I missed it because I, I didn't. Yeah, I, didn't I missed it because I missed the steam, right? It was like, so oh, steamed. Shit. I was like, well, yeah, there's no I point in bet playing this. that much steam. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. Yeah, we're trying to do an NFL podcast and watching a draft. I'm getting well, just watching the draft and seeing everyone talking about it, and then I also have a guy DMing me about who I should bet when they open up the lines again for Masked Singer. <laughs> he can't even make up his mind. He, I got a text. I got a DM that says, "I think you got a Max popcorn." Popcorn. Popcorn. So it, it's off the board right now when we're recording because the show is on right now. <laughs> but then he says, "Oh, so tough." Croc is just so good too. Ooh. So he like he likes Croc and popcorn. Anyone who bets that market. <laughs> Let's talk about another market, which is the Patriots and the Houston Texans. Interesting flip flop here. A look ahead was Houston minus two and a half. I wouldn't. I would have loved to have taken the Patriots at plus two and a half. They open this line; it flips immediately across the board to New England minus two and a half. And now there's been some buyback on Houston. People, I think, believe it's an overreaction. 
I mean, realistically, this is a very tough handicap because Houston is so, so, so bad at defending the run, like impossibly bad compared to years past. And all New England can do is run. So a movable, you know, an unstoppable force against uh, uh, a completely movable object like this does this sets up well for New England in every sense of the word. Um, New England's pass defense is playing very, very well again. Their coverage is solid. They can't stop the run especially well, except they got Lawrence Guy back week last week. And apparently Lawrence Guy is the straw that stirs the drink for the New England defense because they were awesome against the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday Night Football. And I have no doubt that Belichick can get as good a performance going up against his former uh, – former was Romeo Cornell. He was the defensive coordinator for Dynasty Part 1, right? He was the DC for 01, yeah. 03, 04? Yeah, the early 2000s for sure. Well, it's been a long time. He's, he's an old protege of Belichick, but it's been a long time. I would expect New England's the right side here. I don't exactly know what all the buyback is all about. Um, I don't. I wouldn't play this game with my enemy's money, though, um, because I just have very difficult time projecting how either of these teams is going to perform on any given Sunday. So I'm going to skip this one. How about you? Yeah, and it's one of those where my number, my number makes it. What are we at now? Because we have flipped around a little. My number says Houston should be favored slightly, but when you do power numbers and you do comparisons and you add in extra rest and home field and whatever else you want to throw into that equation you need to come up with i think houston should be favored by 0.7 points well that's mm-hmm. fine and all but then like drew said the biggest thing is the the strength on weakness is against you the biggest yeah. strength is probably well you got two of them you have the patriots ran the shit out of the ball and they've been looking really good at that uh, yes what, what's the guy's name Harris. Harris, Harris. Yeah. yeah. Harris. Harris He's nasty. Damien Harris is nasty. Weird. Yeah, you can just take anybody, put him in a good scheme, and running backs work. So yes. he looked he looked great. And yeah, Houston can't stop that. You could counter with you know, Deshaun Watson's the best quarterback in this game, probably have the best receivers, and the Patriots can be beat outside. But when Bill has one thing to focus in on like that. Yeah, he can I, take I, it away. He can take it away, especially from a lesser coach, even if it is a protege. So I lean Houston, but yes, I'm passing because of matchup reasons. I like it, man. I like it. Um, no disagreement whatsoever. Let's move on down and keep this cooking. Pittsburgh at the Jags. Tell me about your Pittsburgh Steelers, and is this a trap spot for them as they are? And are they are they leaking oil a little bit? Was last week a little concerning? The, I mean, I guess last week wasn't. The week before against Dallas. Yeah, I was going to say they were by like 30. Last week they covered easily, um, although I thought the box score was a bit misleading. Um, you know, what's your long-term prognosis here for Pittsburgh? Um, book ahead spot with Baltimore coming up. Uh, that's not really a thing because they're so much better. Uh, Juice Luton is a garbage quarterback, so he's going to get sacked a billion times and throw a bunch of picks. So what's your read on this game? Yeah, this is the – Probably the only spot I'd ever take a double-digit road favorite <laughs> the week before they have to play there are a rivals. huge division rival on a short on Thanksgiving. Week. <laughs> yeah, like everything is saying, don't take this, and maybe that's why this is ten and not fourteen. Sure, that's a very fair point because it was fourteen against Dallas. Yeah, and in what world is this team any better than Dallas? In uh, no Luton, world. 
Luton had one nice rainbow bomb, and then he showed that he is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Honestly, they should if they want if they want to if they want to play better, they should put Minshew back in. Although he's he's like went south, that just gets hit. And I love, it. I love that. So if if some nine and a halfs pop around, I might have a small position on this. But it, it, Pittsburgh or nothing. Like my numbers make this more than ten. It's just you know all the narrative stuff, and it's not narrative stuff. It's true. You know, when you play a bad team like this, you are looking ahead a little bit towards next week because it's a much more important game. If they win next week, and let's say they don't screw up this week, I mean that's the division. It's on lockdown. You'd be four games up and have a sweep. So essentially you're five. Like that it doesn't clinch it mathematically, but Christ, that's all all but clinching it. So Thursday is a monster game for them. So I I guess maybe like a Pittsburgh first half. And Jacksonville was a little squirrely against Green Bay. I feel like Green Bay played down to them quite a bit. Jacksonville easily covered a first half number there. I believe it was seven and a half. And so maybe there is something to that to not back a team just because you think they can, you know, you're getting a small, it's easy to look at that. Oh, it's a smaller number. It's easier to cover. Well, you also get half the time and the other team might throw some stuff at them. Like, Hey, this is, we're going to throw the kitchen sink at you and try to keep it close here. Uh, what what are we seeing for a first half number on that? I don't have that screen. Let me switch screens real quick. Why would you yeah. show me first half money line? <laughs> why, why would you think that's what I want to go to? Yeah, it's five and a half, six. Maybe play play at your own risk there, but that might be something I might be more comfortable with. If I were Tomlin, I would I would use all the good plays in the first half so I didn't have to worry about playing the, the Dallas game over again. Yeah, that's a good call. And this is a defense that Ben has been – just doing all this short shit and people maybe even criticizing. I don't know how you criticize this team for doing just like that's what they're giving them. They're just taking the short stuff that everyone's giving them. I went over this with Frank the other day. I was listing quarterbacks who have been sacked more than Ben Roethlisberger, who has played you know every almost every snap of every game. I mean, Dak was on there. <laughs> Driscoll. I mean, obviously Minshew. I mean, these are guys who've played two, three, five, <laughs> five fewer games than him that have been sacked more. And it's not even – I'm not saying this is like, oh, Ben's really eluding pressure. No, he's not mobile. He's just a tank. They're scheming they're, it. They're, they're scheming it. He is getting the ball out so quick. They're the sixth best team as far as getting uh, – opposing team getting pressures on them. They're just getting it out quick, and they're taking away other teams' pass rushes because you have a plethora of great receivers, plus Ray Ray, plus Ebron. There's always somebody that's going to get separation quick. I think they're finally just figuring out, like, oh, we can just have this ugly, you know, old-school hybrid West Coast offense and just march down on people constantly. Like, basically, if we're good, if we're good on third down, we're going to win this game, these games by, like, three touchdowns. Yeah. And if we're not, if we're medium on third down – we're going to win we'll by, by 10. one. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know why else it's a good idea to do a, a quick, uh, short, short target passing offense with uh, Ben Roethlisberger? 
Because he's coming off a motherfucking elbow injury. He's coming off an elbow injury. Who wants him to be throwing the ball downfield at full, you know, full speed, uh, thirty times a game? This is get get out of here with that. That's that's terrible idea. They have they're a smart team. They're a smart franchise. The Steelers. New breaking news: The Pittsburgh Steelers are a good franchise. This is not well run team. They're a well run franchise. Uh, I'm sorry if you're just learning this now. all right, let's uh, let's keep moving on and uh, talk a little bit about Cincinnati, Washington, a game that is very, very, very tough for me to get a read on. Um, my initial gut was oh, Cincinnati will bounce back after that tough loss to Pittsburgh. Um, but then thinking about it more, looking at the box score more, looking at how Alex Smith performed for Washington, I was like, maybe they actually found something as far as competent quarterback play. Uh, and, you know, that defense is going to eat it here. You know, you have a very strong front four going up against the Cincinnati offensive line that stinks. Um, is Chase Young going to start his defensive rookie of the year campaign on Sunday with a strip sack touchdown against Game-winning touchdown against Cincinnati. That would be nice for some tickets we have. Man, howdy, I would like that a lot. Yeah, it's, yeah. it was weird. That was uh, I joked about that with a few people already. That Bryson prop, it was Bryson's longest drive versus uh, only Sunday quarterbacks, longest, most yards thrown. In what world was that going to be won by Alex Smith? Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's you know, the, ridiculous. That's the guy you want. He had 390 yards. Bryson only drove a ball 380, which was great for my <laughs> over 380.5. Oh no way! Thank, thank no God. No way! Thank God for Mike Weir. But uh, I digress. Back to this. In, yeah, this I have this. This is what I wrote down about the Washington football team. We already talked about how they scored on every second half drive, and just. Somehow, what happens when you don't have a bunch of weapons? J.D. McKissick gets 15 targets. This, <laughs> yeah. was, this was a <laughs> staggering box score to go through and look at, like, how did this happen? How did he end up with 390 yards? And, you know, we talked about how bad this Lions defense can be is is, is very beatable, and uh, apparently that's true because this, this has not been a good offense. Uh, I thought it's funny, like right away as the season began, I thought that's what we were going to see was what happened in the first half against the Eagles. Like, oh man, they're not going to do anything this year. This is terrible. The fact that they beat the Eagles might say more about the Eagles than anything. That was a hilarious comeback. But yeah, I mean, just the, the drive charts, if you go look at them, they're a little silly considering how they played in the first half. Like, they, it was the same game. Like, they scored three points in the first half. Ended up with 27. Their la- you know, the, the drives went 82 yards for a touchdown, 84 yards for a touchdown, 66 yards for a touchdown, 66 yards for a field goal. Those are their four. I mean, that's all they could. I guess the fact that they kicked one field goal cost them the game because the Lions went three plays for 34 yards in like 10 seconds and kicked the game <laughs> winner from for, from the cheap seats. Like, yeah. I, I was almost sad. I think Washington kind of deserved the game how they played the second half. So maybe it just took a little more time to get it figured out for Alex Smith, who's, I don't know if you heard, he's coming off an injury. Is that right? It's been, it's been brought up. Huh. And we backed Cincy last week. We were not rewarded. They looked like the team that they've looked like at times, maybe going back to the Baltimore game where I think they scored probably three points 
just looked like a team who couldn't get it done. I think zero uh, and thirteen on third down they were. That's uh, I, it's funny. I joked about Pittsburgh. If they're good on third down, they're going to score a bunch of points because they'll just keep moving. Sure. Cincinnati, you you can't you can't be that bad on third down. It was incredible. It was incredible. And and some might say the regression was coming because they had been sort of wildly good on third down through this portion of the season, considering how bad they were on first and second. Um, but it all came regressing in one single game. I don't really have a great read on what this team is, Cincinnati. Um, it's such a mishmash of young players who have promise and old players who want out, <laughs> want off the off this ride. Um and I don't love the Zach Taylor experience, really. I don't <laughs> love how long they played Burrow. <laughs> they were down by thirty, and they're letting Burrow play that long. Yeah, great point. If you don't, if you don't realize he's a long term something, you want yeah. around long protect that asset, guys. Well, not only that, but he dinged his ankle up on a play. I want to say late second quarter. He was he wasn't like hobbling, but you could tell it bothered him. Once you got down by like four scores, just get him out of there. I don't know what you're doing there. T. Higgins is turning out to be a nice piece, but man, this defensive secondary, too many holes. So, uh, is there a correlated Washington wins and this game goes over? Low total. If they figured it out offensively, yeah, you're probably right. If you want to parlay that, I don't hate it. Um, is this Let's the secret? T- is this the I secret uh, pod team total? Washington football team over. I make Washington one point two points favorite. Favored. They're it's basically a pick them. Yeah. What's the team total for Washington football team? What is our? Well, I can look it up. I know there's a book that opens. He's so stupid early every week. If if we make it the pod play, I'm playing it right now because sometimes I forget and then it wins. Drives me up a wall. What's the total in the game? Forty six and a half. So you're twenty so like twenty three. Seems like a lot, doesn't it? Now, now that you're saying it out loud. Boy, no, everything's, 20, everything's they can get the to 24. They I can have, get to 24. Outside of the Thursday game, I have one, two, three, four, five, six games <clears> on the board. <throat> wow. Dude, there's so many off right now for COVID, man. Do you have a better look for a team total than Washington? Have you thought about this at all? Not really. We kind of just stumble upon these. So we'll, we'll revisit that. And we promise this time we actually will, if that's going to be the look. All right, got it. Let's let it matriculate because it'll probably be 23 and a half. And I kind of like, I mean, I just, I like, I, all your points were fair. I like their matchup against the Cincinnati defense is fair. Um, the potential for a Chase Young scoop and score is real. <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. There, there's something may have clicked with these guys. Um, why don't you uh, frame the Tennessee Titans? And the Baltimore Ravens, two teams that I had a lot of hope for this season, who both pooped their pants in Week Ten. How do you like the looks of this matchup? Yeah, everybody's six and three, huh? That's just a thing. It's very chic. Tennessee. Um, I had to do a podcast that night, Thursday after the halftime show. I jumped on with somebody else. Didn't watch. Oh yeah, the, right, right, right. Did not cash watch considerations. The, yep, Vegas guys, a lot of fun. Got to go out there again. God, I want to just party with those guys. Same. Did not watch much of the second half. Kind of just had score alerts on. And then I looked into this box score versus Tennessee, and I said, man, did Tennessee really deserve to lose by this much? It was kind of on the heels of two stupid punt plays. 
Yeah. Then the more I looked into it, and Indy was kind of unlucky in the first half, or just a bad red zone play. Like Indy probably should have had many more points at half, and it probably should have been a close game at the end. In all honesty, but Indy probably should have won that game, and they did, but maybe not by that much. I'm just it goes to show like I I think I needed to downgrade Tennessee a little off that game. Not as much as the box score showed, or not as much as the final score showed. Like they definitely deserved to lose that game, but not by that much. Sure. And ba- Baltimore, like, what did you do? What did you do with them? I I had their injuries are them. the injuries problem is so bad. Um, I'm down. I, I had them, I had to I had to downgrade them because of injuries. I just I, they're a team that figures things out. It's such a smart coaching staff. They get things figured out. It might not be this week, but I think by the time they get the playoffs, it's going to be wow. This is a dangerous team again. I think we can. I think we can agree that a turnaround would not surprise anyone. And they still have a winning record, but yeah, the the division's starting to feel out of reach, and this is probably too many points. Yeah. So here's the thing. It, it really and, and not probably. It's too many points. It's crazy. It's crazy, 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 crazy many points. Um. Right now, I downgraded Baltimore. They are now the s- number seven in my rankings. Um, I even, you know, in my gut, that feels we too almost, high. We almost bet this Sunday. Yeah, yeah it, it, shoot, man, it's nothing. Nothing that happened on Sunday night changed my mind in the other direction. That's for damn sure. Um, yeah, no, my my gut is that seven is still too high for a power rank. I'm at nine for Tennessee. Tennessee is still a top five offense for me, but barely. Baltimore is still a top five defense for me, but barely. Um, and offense matters more than defense, uh, even at home, even in you know in, in a game of this magnitude. Um, I just I don't know without Kalei Campbell, without Brandon Williams, the the uh, the Baltimore running defense was utterly exposed. It was exposed. They just didn't have enough big bodies to stop the run against the Pats. And some of that was because the Pats' offensive line was having a great night. Some of that was because the misdirection and the scheming by McDaniels and Belichick was phenomenal. But it didn't change the fact that they could not get off the field when the the Patriots were clearly and obviously doing a one-dimensional attack, running it down their damn throats. And that's a problem if you're going up against Derrick Henry. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that Tennessee is going to for sure win this game. I just am saying that these two teams are very close in terms of a power rating, which means that six and a half points is is ludicrous. I, I just don't get it. it does, I mean, Baltimore obviously can have the game of their season uh, and Tennessee can stink again. That's pot possible. Baltimore could cover. Uh, I just don't think that this line makes a lick of sense. I'm surprised it hasn't been bet more, um, you know, more effect, you know, more convincingly um i guess it's down to six at a couple of shops it probably closes six but that tells me there is still baltimore money in the market which is a little spooky who out there is running to the window to back baltimore right now and on what basis in the bounce back like oh i'll buy low in baltimore it's hard to buy low when they've had all these injuries that are keeping plaguing this team yeah i can get a six and a half minus oh nine right now i can get a six minus one like there's a couple. I'm gonna do some shopping, but by the time I go to sleep, when I lay my my locks on the pillow tonight, I'll have some Tennessee in the Tennessee in the old hopper. And again, what did we talk about when we talked about 
<laughs> what did we talk about again? Give me his name again. The running back for New England, Harris. Damian Harris. Harris is probably not as good as Tractor Cito. I would agree. So, if that's the kind of performance we saw from him, now imagine a better running back, and let's face it, a better quarterback, and very, very, very clearly a better receiving core. Yeah. So I, I worry about Baltimore's defense right now, the way they're it's – still, it's still going to be an okay defense, but they're not elite when they start missing this many players. Right, yeah. If you're counting on Patrick Queen to pick up the slack, I got bad news for you. That guy stinks. He's not – yeah, he's not uh, – <laughs> He's not a rookie. He's not your not rookie of the year. He is yeah, not your speak rookie it into of the existence. year. <laughs> we need to shape perception on Patrick Queen. Just because he has a bunch of tackles doesn't mean shit. Um, all right, well – I'm with you. We're gonna. I'm gonna have Tennessee too. I don't feel great about it because these both these I feel, teams. I feel really good about it. Both these teams recently have really played with my emotions, so it's this, this is, this is, is a tough one either way. Pick. I'm gonna make a. Fun. <laughs> I've been trying to figure out what to put on Instagram. This is your FMWP. This is your FMWP. Is that okay. a thing? What's your favorite midweek pick? That's what you just said. Oh, I didn't know I had an abbreviation. <laughs> well, we just made one. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do some soul searching on whether it takes six or six and a half, but you know me, it's gonna be a cheap six. It's gonna be a cheap six. I would even sell to three and a half if you made me take a uh, take a real aggressive position on this. Be aggressive. Although I do worry that the Titans cut their punter right and, now. And and also is let's a, be is clear. That a, is that a red flag? It wasn't <laughs> yeah, no, it means they're they're done hunting. They're gonna go for I, it. We we didn't even mention Tennessee is off extra rest. Baltimore played the late game on Sunday. You know, it's not a Monday game, but uh, of all the Sunday games it was the latest. A little little It was late. very physical too. And they got Pittsburgh on Thursday. So yeah, Quick if, turnaround if we want, for them if we against wanna, their arch rivals. Yeah, if we want to shit on Pittsburgh for having a look ahead, we certainly have to do the same. We have to extend the same courtesy. Yeah, and so. anyone that tells you that this is a good spot to back Baltimore because it's of the revenge angle from their playoff last season is smoking crack. There is – I have zero doubt in my mind – uh, that Baltimore spent most of their time this season thinking about how they were going to match up against Pittsburgh, New England, and Kansas Jeez. City, and very little thinking about how they were going to get revenge on Tennessee and having a specific game plan. It would be funny if they just beat plan. the tar out of them again. If they have the perfect game plan, I'm going to be pretty mad because they should have deployed some of it last week. They couldn't afford to drop that game to, to Patriots. They could not afford to drop that game. Like, this is – they don't have these – they don't have the flexibility. Their backs are against the wall. Yeah. Call the good plays now, Harbaugh, Roman. I don't know what you're waiting for. Although I guess maybe wait another week. <laughs> one, um, one, wait another week. Save it for Thanksgiving, guys. Um, they're still going to make the playoffs though because their schedule's so damn easy down the stretch. Well, and so. there's eight eight teams get in now. And eight teams, sure. Not at least eight, right? Unless they change the rules again, put all sixteen in or whatever. Um, all right, Miami, Denver. Uh, oh wait, I skipped one. Uh, Jets. Chages. This is a replacement game. Uh, they shuffled around the schedule uh, after we had um, a couple of COVID cancellations. And here we sit with the Jets flying out to LA, coming off their bye. Um, never really love a team that season is over flying out to the West Coast <laughs> for a meaningless game. Uh, tough to expect that they're going to be totally focused and prepared and not be thinking about uh, this as a pseudo-quasi-vacation. Um, but that said, 
Anthony Lynn and the Chargers have found spectacularly fascinating ways to lose games. They do it week in, week out. It is something to behold. And this one, the most interesting angle I can come up with for this game because the spread is massive. Um, and I will, it will be a long time before I walk to the window and lay almost double digits on a rookie quarterback, regardless of the opponent. <laughs> um, I have no interest in backing Joe Flacco and the Jets. Uh, Flacco and the Jets were feisty two weeks ago uh, going up against the Patriots uh, with a bunch of healthy wide receivers. That's maybe the only thing positive you can say about this game. Um, but the Chargers, Herbert, the passing weapons that they have on offense are dynamic. And the Jets' defense is awful. I don't know how you uh, you know, how you stop this passing attack for the Chargers. Um, I think that the only thing that stops the Chargers is themselves. Um, Anthony Lynn relying on Kalen Ballage. Uh, is that the guy's name? He's the, he's the worst running back in the NFL. He does not belong on an NFL roster, in my opinion. Um, can't catch a ball. Ball bounces off his hands like his hands are made of bricks. It's absolutely something to behold. Um, but, uh, you know, Tough to see how the Jets get motivated, although this may be one of the handful of games that they can actually win because they're going up against a rookie quarterback. Uh, do you have a lean either way here? And if you were in a survivor pool, and if that survivor pool had 300 players left and the prize was massive, do you risk going to the window with the Chargers this week? Oh, no. If I had to bet this, I'd bet the Jets. If this gets to 10, I will bet the Jets. Oh, <clears throat> Joe Flacco fan in the house. All he right. Didn't look, he didn't look bad last – he didn't look bad two weeks ago. And they have legitimate good receivers. If there ever was a bright spot on the shit stain of a team, it's the receiving core. They finally and, – and Darnold's nowhere around to, to take advantage of it now. But they, they have, like, two legitimate, decent receivers – and yeah, the Chargers are probably not this much better. Like, uh, just power number wise, I don't think I can justify laying that many points as low as I have the Jets. And I have to give them, I have to give them some love for coming off the bye. Uh, coming off the bye kind of negates the travel to the West Coast. And I don't know if Flacco is this massive downgrade anymore. He seemed to, you know, maybe a little more practice time with these receivers, and he can play. He. He's a former Super Bowl MVP. He's not horrid. I mean, he, he looked horrid when he stepped in that first game. It's like, oh no! Like, has he practiced at all this year? Is he just has he just been kind of hanging out and collecting a check? It was rough. So no play. But if you made me, I'd bet the Jets, and I'm, I'm going to think about it. Okay. Okay. I have no part of this. Um, Miami, Denver. Another I one that was uh, in the week. Rufus oh man, really? Oh jeez, man. He likes wow. Jets, so he does like the Jets. He's a little high on them. Um, who knows? They're going to win eventually. I just, just uh, you know, you never know. Um, Maybe next year. What do you think of uh, Tua and uh, Miami heading out to Denver? Is this a little trappy spot here, or is this uh, another one where they can pad their resume with a team that is in absolute freefall? I mean, Drew Locke. Not only was he off his worst performance as a pro, um, but he's hurt. He may not even go. This may be the Brett Rippon show. Um, I that was my, yeah. That was my favorite. You put that in a chat when somebody asked about it, <laughs> and you said, you, "Like I said, well, you you were asked 
basically, or the group was asked, like, what kind of downgrade do you have for Rippin? And you made a, you made a comment. I don't even, you never answered me. Said, well, I actually have it as a mild upgrade. And I'm like, I can't tell if you're joking right now. Because there's a lot of, we, you know, we like to have a joke. Sure, yeah. We have yeah, a joke yeah. and a coke here and whatever. <laughs> I could not tell if you were joking because the more I thought about it, and I looked at the numbers, I'm like, Christ, it's close. Lock is had bad. Four interceptions. Wasting the golden age of the wide receiver in Denver. They have so many weapons, and he throws four picks. When you lose the turnover battle, Five nothing. You better win the game like the Vegas chart Raiders did in, in convincing fashion. It's a it's a tough travel spot. Somebody made a case for. I think it might have been Rufus. Like the last vestige of home field advantage is maybe Denver in the winter. At, altitude, you know, altitude, cold weather. Miami going up there. I don't know that I'm interested in laying the points, but I kind of am. Like I'm mm. just looking looking at the numbers here. Well, I'm I'm pretty much on market, I guess. <clears throat> I make it I make it Miami minus three and a half. So maybe a three is cheap, and maybe I'll regret not backing them. Cause Tua, as much as I was <clears throat> nervous after his first start where he didn't have to do a lot, and maybe a little tentative after the second one where it was uh, it was a wild game and there's some goofiness and I I wasn't sure about him yet. He looked fairly accurate, I yep. thought. Like, he's coming along kind of nicely. Uh, it doesn't help with the injuries they've had on offense, but it is a nasty defense if uh, Locke slash Rippon have to play a, a much better. Like, that was the worst defense in the league they played last week. It was. Like, they're going to – this is a massive step up, even if it is at home. So I guess I'm pretty worried about what Denver will be able to do on offense. Miami might cover this three if they get to, you know, 14 points. That opens the door for the bettable angle. The under. Which is the under. I was waiting to get there. Yeah, On top of everything you just said. Yeah, Miami don't have have to to do do a ton. No, they don't have to do a ton. Uh, you don't have to expect much out of Tua. You don't have to challenge him. This can be, you know, let the defense do their thing. On top of this, Miami's scoring points on the score sheet, like on the weird, scoreboard. Weird ways. Yes, weird ways. You look at their totals and you're like, man, this this guy, these teams, this, this team's this, scoring points. It got Van but, Ginkle. You know, yeah, they get yes, exactly. Van Ginkle, who got absolutely screwed out of all, uh, special teams player of the week, by the way. Um yeah, this Miami team is getting some – they're padding their score sheet with some defensive touchdowns. Those those tend to dry up at some point. Um, and you know when they tend to dry up? When you have a super old-school conservative coach like Vic Fangio who just watches his young quarterback throw four picks in a game and then decides, okay, we're going to take the ball out of his hands. We're going to craft a conservative game plan, and we are not going to lose this game via the turnover – um, and we, I've seen Fangio do it this season. He's done it, and he's going to do it again in this game. He is going to dial back the, he's uh, the sophistication. Fucking do it he, again. Yeah, we're going to do it again. He's going to dial back the sophistication of their approach. It's going to play right into the hands of a Miami defense that is on fire, and this game is going to come in well under the total of 46, in my opinion. So very, very happily on the under in this one. I think fair price should be 43, and I think it may not even 
this may this may be one this may be a rocking chair under there aren't many of those in 2020 but this is one that i feel pretty strongly about on the under and uh very i'm, I'm actually looking forward to this game because i'd like to see what this miami defense can do let them see the stretch your legs you know let's you're going up against a truly inferior opponent like like when this like you won the jets game guys win this 28 nothing or whatever that final was like that that's what a, a miami team that is bound for the playoffs that is uh you know that is surging to an afc east comp you know title competition um they throttle this team and they do it with their defense and i'd like to see it i disagree with your pick okay i will be on the first half under <laughs> i'm terrified of what could happen to you sure Maybe. garbage time lock has been garbage time lock is a thing garbage time lock and, and it, again it's a yeah. much better defense so hopefully so yeah if this is 28 nothing at half and final i'll be pissed but i'm probably gonna take some first half under i like that i dig that it's like 23 i suppose i dig that i dig that no disagreement there all right we're getting to the good games um Almost. Yeah, gonna, <laughs> say, uh, temper your expectations. Oh, uh, boy. Um, your Minnesota Vikings coming off a big win there. Uh, big win there against the Chicago Bears. Um, now get to host the Dallas Cowboys. Massive favorites. Although there's been betting market support for Dallas in this spot. Can you explain that? And do you think there is a betting angle to be had in Cowboys Vikings. At the early numbers, I probably would have bet Dallas, like just based off the how the power rankings are. But man, if this is going to dip to a seven at home, my power Justin, number difference is seven and a half. By the way, Justin Jefferson probably should be a real rookie of the year. He's electric. He's a great player. The Bears' defense held this team down a little they still got to well i mean it should have been 20 missed extra point so i didn't i didn't hate minnesota's performance on offense in a really tough spot against a very tough defense this is uh this is very tempting and also we're looking at like a 27 and a half for a team total like minnesota minnesota team total uh, it might have to be a play against this defense. They're still not getting healthy. You're still not getting like good news about this defense. There's still bad news trickling out here and there, but just it, it's not going to improve. Plus, no the talent one, is not good. The talent's not good. At no full no strength, the talent stinks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If there was nobody injured on this defense, it'd be bad. <laughs> and really, I, I, I think they're a better team, possibly with Gilbert than, than uh, Dalton. Sounds like Dalton probably plays. Maybe that's what's driving the number. I a hundred percent agree with you. By the way, Gilbert is feisty. He can he can elude pressure, which is he's, a big problem. He's and a mover. What did you think of Minnesota being able to generate pass rush against Nick Foles? Because that really unwound my whole handicap. That was amazing, and I guess there has been injuries on the Bears' front five, and that doesn't help. But again, it was amazing to see Minnesota get pressure. You can get a minus seven oh seven certain places in the market so i i'm probably gonna have some minnesota i gotta do a little <clears> more <throat> we're still we're still sitting on wednesday it's still early i think i don't think this seven is gonna fly off the board anytime soon there's some there's some spendy sevens is there a potential for enough points here to put, to threaten this total if there's some garbage time chucking from 
this wide receiving core who can match up okay against Minnesota? Yeah, Minnesota's secondary is bad. And as much as I dislike Dallas's play calling, I think I'd take it seven days a week and twice on Sundays over whatever was happening from Chicago's offense. <laughs> Man, I, I even made it. I said nice things about Bill Lazer. I don't even know if they actually let him call plays. It just was like, <laughs> it, it just. It well, like, we would never know because he had a mask on. So we yeah, could no, have been well, pantomiming. Like, it was like Nagy just said, hey, we're going to tell people you're calling plays, and I'm just going to call plays. Because it was the same fucking thing. It was awful. It was awful. So, I mean, Dallas does have better talent at receiver as a whole. I'm No disrespect to the Robinsons of the world and Cole Komet. But uh, the quarterback may be an issue. I'm not excited about getting in on this over. If I had to bet an over, it would probably be Minnesota team total over. But uh, if these cheap sevens stick around and I get a little more – news going my way i'm probably gonna have to look at minnesota okay all right probably gonna skip this one um all right i need you to throw a little cool cold water on me because i'm for sure there's something i'm missing in this handicap and i'm not sure what it is green bay heads to indy and green bay does not have a lot of competitive games left on their schedule not a lot of games where they're going to be tested per se this one is one of them. They are underdogs, in fact. Uh, I don't 100% understand why they're underdogs. I would make them a small favorite or a pick them in this spot. Um, and I would tell you that I have a very decisive split in terms of performance this year by Aaron Rodgers when he's had competent offensive line, full set of receivers, and he's been in decent weather conditions. It is night and day how he has performed when he's gone up against uh, you know, all level of defense, uh, and it's been uh, and it's been nice, 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 cool, calm. No, 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 no wind, no elements, um, and that's where we find ourselves. He's heading to the dome. He's going up against a defense that I believe is still a bit overrated by the market. Um, he's, he's got Devonte Adams, Lazard coming back, Scantling, Val, Valdez, Scantling, got Scantling involved. That was nice. getting involved. Uh, his, you know, he's got weapons all over the place to um, to attack with. He's going up against his own defense that he has shown to be able to pick apart throughout his career. There's really no surprises in store here for what he's going to face when he's going up against this Indianapolis defense. I think he's going to pick this team apart. I think they're going to score at will. I think they're going to put a ton of pressure on uh, Phillip Rivers to play comeback in this game. And I don't like that at all for Phillip Rivers because he's not the kind of guy that I trust with the ball in his hands to come back and actually get it done. Um, I'm, I'm in pretty deep on Green Bay Moneyline here. I think they get this win. I think this is a play-up spot for them in every sense of the word. Um, Indianapolis coming off of a you know a very you know high you know, high energy motivation you know high motivation spot against Tennessee. They got to play Tennessee again next week. Like this is a this is a nasty little nasty little situational spot for Indianapolis in my opinion. I think Green Bay comes in and uh, and lays the wood to them. Uh, this sets up well for Green Bay by every metric that I can tell you. Um, and I I'm sure I'm missing something. Did you? Yeah, I love this. They're healthier. <laughs> They're. This is my. Know. To quote Carl, I don't know if you ever watched Aqua Teen Hunger Force, old cartoon, Stone Cold Lock of the Century of the Week. <laughs> this is. Yeah, I like it. It is, well, for a teacher, like, 
Like, I agree with you. I would play it. I don't mind Green Bay. But if you're going to give me this plus one and a half, Aaron Rodgers indoors, the totals, you know, the total isn't where I want it to be. But we live in the year of our Lord 2020 where totals aren't going to be 39 anymore. And I don't know if I can be picky. But yeah, Green Bay has a teaser leg. If they're winning, if they lose this game, it certainly isn't going to be a blowout. This is a great spot for this offense to get going. And yeah, indoors, they ran a lot. The The big issue, a big issue with the game last week was running a lot on early downs, which is a bad thing to do. Yeah. And I think a lot of that was maybe having to do with the conditions. A hundred percent. The game plan was conditions-based. Really? Why would you expose your best stuff against the Jacksonville yeah. in well, that yeah, game? I mean, yeah, so in those conditions. Not only, Why? not only the weather, but yes, <laughs> yeah. against and and Rodgers did throw one kind of half-assed lazy pick. But either way, Jacksonville didn't do a lot. They had a the funniest freaking play of the game or the weekend with the the punt return. My God, when uh when he that did was the great. the boogity to the yeah. guy and he just fell down. I watched that so many times still, but. Uh, yeah, it's not like the Jacksonville offense did a ton there. So I will happily put this in a teaser leg with uh, a team yet to be figured out yet. I like it, man. I like it. Okay. It might, it might be the Vikings. Ooh, interesting. A little NFC North teaser pairing there. That's fun. Um, Call that the Favre teaser. I guess the other the only the other thing that, I, that I'm salivating over this matchup, um, Devontae Adams against Xavier Rhodes. This has, this has uh, uh, PTSD all over it for Xavier Rhodes. <laughs> Devontae Adams ran him out of Minnesota. Um, this is <laughs> this is going to be fun to watch, honestly. Um, I'm excited to see what these guys can do. Um, also, Green Bay got a little bit of a pass rush going last week. Uh, I know some of that was because they were going up against a weak offensive line, but um, they can get after Phillip Rivers. That makes me even happier in the spot. Um, yeah. This is uh this is a fun one. Green Bay on the money line. Um I got it at plus one twenty. It is still around town at a fair plus one oh nine ish. Is that what you're seeing? What are you seeing? What's the best number you see? Green Bay? Uh, I can find a plus one oh five. Plus one eleven at Penny. Um I I think this uh I think this closes Pick'em. I think this yeah. come keep I think this continues to come in. Um, I don't see any likelihood of positive injury news for Indianapolis or negative stuff for Green Bay that would really test this. Although Devontae Adams did um, miss practice today. Um, he stretched. He went, you know, he went to the meetings veterans and stuff. Was, I think it was a veterans day. I don't think this was, um, you know, any type of practice? any, I don't think this is any likelihood that he's a surprise scratch on Sunday. If that happens, I'm going to be, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, can't afford any surprise injuries. Um, I will wish I teased him. Uh, what do you think of this KC Vegas game? Off the board? Well, we bet it. We bet it already. <laughs> More than happy I feel, to up a bad number. I feel pretty happy that I got in early on this one. How do you feel? I'm fine with it. I don't care. It's a bad, bad, bad defense. It's Andy Reid is going to have extra time to prepare. And if you want to go with the revenge angle about the bus driving around the stadium, that's fine, I guess. Sounded like Andy Reid wasn't excited about that, though. They, he didn't care for that whole shenanigans. So if Andy Reid does bust out the good play sheet, KC wins by 100. It's just th- this offense versus this defense is a massive mismatch. 
the over might be the look. I mean, remember the last game, but it's already what fifty seven. Fifty seven. Yeah, it's that might get blasted out of the water anyway. This is gonna <laughs> be a fun game. It's in a track meet, I guess. Give me KC. The way the defense played last time against uh, the Vegas Raiders, a little nervous about that. They're gonna need to tighten things up a touch, but just this, my numbers don't make it close. It's it's funny. It's strength on strength or strength on weakness both sides. Like it's a bad it defense is. on both ends, but coming off a of bye, regardless of where they are, uh, and again, it's similar to the Rodgers handicap. You give me this huge arm and these blazing receivers on carpet in the Roomba. Um, I'm fine with the seven. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. Um, to the motivational angle, the revenge angle, at least. I think there is a tiny bit of merit in that um, because the Chiefs are a team that do not have a ton of reasons to get up and give you their best. They just won a Super Bowl. Like they're eight and one. They're winning games without really giving you their A plus game. You know, like it's that with a team like that, I think if, as Andy Reid as a coach, I think you use every uh, trick in your playbook to, um, to talk them into, uh, you know, to try to fire them up. Right. Like you, you go to, you go with whatever you can find to get this team fired up. And if that happens to be um, these guys beat us earlier this season and then drove around our stadium, like they, they're the champions, we're the Super Bowl champions. You know, I think you use whatever motivational t- tactic you can to get a running team like through, the Chiefs fired Running up. through a brick wall and saying, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, exactly. You got it. Exactly. You run through the brick wall with this team. Um but it's, so I, I do think there is something to be said about that. And I do think that if you can get this Kansas City defense to fire it up to play the way they played against Baltimore, for instance, uh, you can shut this this uh, Raiders team down, honestly. Like, if you can get interior pressure, if Chris Jones is having a day uh, and he's in Derek Carr's face and Derek Carr's skipping balls, um, game over, right? That was, a, yeah, is, that was a big part of the success against Denver. They kept Carr unpressured. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I, and there, there are just so many angles to like about uh, Kansas City in this one from a matchup standpoint. I can't, I don't, don't even really know what to, you know, where to get into them. Uh, I give Kansas City a mulligan for their loss last time. You know, they didn't really have much to play for. They were huge favorites. And, you know, the Vegas, they, they came in and punched them in the mouth. Uh, they didn't realize how make, aggressive they were going to be. Uh, I'm making it 8.1 now. I'm at eight and a half after adjusting for extra rest and um, and I am adjusting for injuries for Oak for the Raiders defense because for sure Cleveland Farrell will not be available and this wasn't a contact this was a he got it and he, he was around all these guys and the rest yeah. of the defense yeah. is not practicing for a couple days here. Yes. So that's problematic. Um, it's worth noting that there are some tackles uh, for the Chiefs who are also on the COVID exempt list. Um, I don't think those guys got it, though. I think that's contact. Uh, and I think they'll be available. Mitchell Schwartz making his return after a couple of weeks where he's been uh, been out dealing with an injury. So um, I, I'm, I'm, I've upgraded Kansas City pretty substantially thanks to who's coming back into this game, and I've downgraded the Raiders' defense, even from their paltry 22nd best ranking in the NFL right now by my numbers. Um, are they really 22nd? Yeah, they are. I have them as the fourth best offense, 22nd best defense. My power numbers don't make this a very fair line. Like I get why anyone with the math model would be betting, um, betting Vegas here, right? Like 
it's tough to say in the same sentence we were talking before the saints and the, uh, and the Falcons aren't seven points apart. Like the chiefs and the Raiders aren't seven points apart on a neutral, let alone, uh, nine, right. Or eight, right. Unless you really make some adjustments for the situation and the injuries. So, um, it's a, this is a, yeah, this is a little bit of a reach from a math standpoint, but I think it's still the right side. And I'm glad I got the early number because I can only imagine what this ends up closing. What do you think it ends up closing? Ten? I mean, if if this defensive news for the Vegas goes sideways and, like, multiple defensive starters are missing, yeah, it goes to double digits. I think if those guys all play, like, it's kind of projecting eight and a half. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Okay. That's fair. Um, Last one. Look at that. We ripped through these. Yeah, man. Oh, good shit. job. This was efficient. An hour and a half. <laughs> well, we did a half hour on uh, future, so it's all good. It was fun. Um, well, I think, and I think maybe if if anything else does come up on futures throughout the season, oh yeah, we'll, we, we we'll, see we'll a we'll, 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 we'll retouch. We'll retouch on it. Um, it was good to do a reset though. Monday Night Football, dun, 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 dun. game of the week, right? Really, this it is, is a it. good matchup. This is one where I joked last week when I the numbers came out, and I said. I didn't realize I had the Rams rated this high because they were on by. Where I I almost bet the Rams, and boy, do I wish I had bet the Rams. That was a, that <laughs> that was a snoozer. Yeah. yeah, that does Ugh. make two I guess at least I, at least I didn't bet Seattle. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. All I, all I did was not win money. Um, yep. Ricky Rubio traded back to the Timberwolves, coming home. Coming <laughs> home. That's amazing. Hopefully they take Sadiq Bay here. Or Maxi. Anyway, yeah, my are we gonna get a Johnny? Are we gonna get a Johnny Flynn reunion? Oh God, don't say stuff. Like that. That's <laughs> terrible. Joe Smith, we've had some number one. That's number one uh, picks on the board. Ooh. Back to Tampa and the Rams. We talked a little bit about this game when I brought up the Rams earlier as a possible look. So maybe I kind of hope they lose this game. So it helps me out in the, in that sense as far as betting it. And my power numbers do make Tampa Bay a three-point favorite here. The, what's the market line right now? Four? Uh, Yeah, it's going up. I'm not saying I want to bet the Rams, but my numbers sure are. Interesting. Okay. What do, what do you make this one? Uh, From the numbers standpoint, okay, so full disclosure, I bet Tampa minus three and a half. This morning. Okay. Um, my numbers make it three and a half. That's not why I bet it. <laughs> the, uh... well, yeah, I'm I'm right on market. I don't have a great read on this. Uh, obviously, Brady. What we saw against New Orleans is not going to uh, yeah. be the norm. Um, I, <clears throat> the biggest stat for me was they had 11 drives last week. Eight of them ended up in the red zone. They only scored on four of those, or they only scored touchdowns on four of those, and they still put up a 40 burger. So, yeah, it could have been even worse. Yeah, for sure. And it really, the the numbers do get skewed when you have a freaking hundred yard run. But even when you take that out, they had a day. Sure, um, it's a fascinating handicap though. There's a lot going on in this one, man. There a is. lot. Um, I'll start with the Tampa Bay side. Uh, they have been all over the place this year uh in terms of quality of performance some games like last week where they were absolutely superlative a game like uh uh they i think they had the highest and the lowest um 
relative to performances this year, beating Green Bay and losing to New Orleans. Those that was as good as they can, as good as any team got, and as bad as any team played. Um, and one thing that's come through is in prime time they've been poor, really poor. They lost to the Bears in prime time. They got they got a lucky um, defending a two point conversion to keep the Giants at bay. And then they got embarrassed by the Saints in primetime. Three absolutely terrible primetime games by them, even though one was a win. Um, Bruce Arians on the record this week saying, we're going to do something about this. We're going to practice more at night. We're going to be prepared to have our body clocks ready. I love stuff like that. When coaches are, are thinking outside of the box that way, you know, the Belichick, I got my guys outside in the water and I'm spraying them with cold water and making them dive on footballs and stuff like that. I love when you're getting your guys specifically prepped for the situation and, and, and getting later practices for this team so that they perform a little bit better in prime time is huge. Get them used to the lights uh, and the dark sky. Get them used to, uh, you know, getting their energy up at, you know, eight at, eight at night East Coast time, right? Um, that's a fun, fun angle here. The Rams, uh, fifth, fourth, fourth, fifth, fifth trip across the country uh, in just 11 weeks. That is a lot of traveling. Um, this is, they, this can break either way. I don't have a strong take on this. Uh, this could be bad for the Rams and that their bodies are just worn down from all this travel. Or it could be good because people are assuming it's going to be bad and they're finally adjusted to it, right? Like this could go both ways. I don't have a good answer. Um but I can tell you that there is a very key injury that I think is the differentiating factor in this game, and it is Andrew Whitworth, the tackle for the Rams, out for the rest of the season with an MCL injury. I don't take huge exception to your bullishness on the Rams to win the NFC West because after this game, they played no one who can manifest any semblance of a pass rush. This is their last true test. But as we saw when Tampa Bay took on Green Bay, they can get a pass rush going. In fact, they can get a vicious pass rush going, which will totally disrupt uh, Jared Goff's potential to uh, run this offense. And realistically, uh, where you can hurt uh, Tampa Bay is by taking advantage of the aggressiveness of their secondary and throwing over the top. And I don't see Jared Goff making those passes. He's not. He's he's an underneath guy, and that plays right into the aggressiveness of this secondary. I think they're going to be disrupting the passing game from both sides pass rush and 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 coverage and uh, I think the Rams are going to have a tough time keeping up with um, a Patri- I mean with a, uh, a Buccaneers team that uh, likely gets Ali Marpet back going to be able to put two hats on Aaron Donald and going to be able to make take advantage of the fact that they have four legitimate weapons in the passing game on the field at all times uh, which is more than Jalen Ramsey can cover all by him to himself so I may get burned going up against the Rams for the second straight week, but, um, but so be it. I think this is a nice spot for the bucks. And, uh, I think it's fine to be bullish on the Rams after this game. Yeah. And that's what my numbers disagree. And, but that's some of the stuff that is probably going to keep me off betting the Rams. I don't, some, it's just some things that aren't cooked into that number on either team. The fact that Marpet getting back is a big deal. The, the Bucks pass rush can get home. Getting getting Marpet back kind of neuters a real strength that we saw manifest itself in the Seattle game was not only not I mean our guy Aaron Donald didn't even get the the highlight film. You know, you have multiple pass rushers and if they have 
any sort of protection working for Brady, he'll be fine. That was a big problem. First game without him going up against an improved New Orleans pass rush. They got to Brady a bunch. He's not real mobile, and they had a lot of three and outs. We saw what this offense can be. I'm not super hopeful that uh, L.A. is going to be able to do anything. I mean, L.A. is much, much, much better. So the Tampa game last week, you know, they, they did put up 46. But Carolina, and I asked I asked uh, Dr. Eric, I said, who's your highest rated any, you know, secondary piece for Carolina? He said, Jeremy Chin. And, yeah, he's a safety, but that, that's not good either, that your cornerbacks are so much lower. You know, they, they don't have a Jalen Ramsey. They don't have anything really to stop this. So it's not Tampa going to drop a 40 bomb on them again or Tampa going to just go up and down the field, get eight red zone trips. But at the same time, you know, the, the, the travel, the fact that they might be able to neuter this pass rush and the fact that Tampa's offense is kind of clicking right now. I'm not excited about backing a road team here, especially on just this is kind of the end of it. Not only you said the end of playing anybody with a pass rush or honestly playing teams that are maybe heads and shoulders better better than them offensively. But again, it's the last time they'll have to do this nasty East Coast trip. They've done a lot, a lot of these. It's been a really rough schedule for a team that's sitting here in contention to win their division of probably the toughest division in the league. This has uh, been a nasty schedule, so I'm staying away from this one. I'm probably okay. very neutral at this point. Good stuff, man. I don't. This is not my favorite play of the week. I think it's just it it, it sets up well for what we've learned the last couple of weeks about how important certain players are on the offensive line when the opponent can manifest pressure um, of a given type. This, you know, this, if we if we, we learned from. Ali Marpa two weeks ago. We learned from uh, the Seattle Center last week. Like this is this is the week that they're going to have to adjust and figure out how to you know how to defend the blind side for Jared Goff for the first time in his entire starting career. He's had Andrew Whitworth there the whole time, uh, oh, and now I didn't they got to adjust him on up. the top. Yeah, he <laughs> blew his damn leg off. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's not great. Yeah, yeah. We saw um, what happened. I mean, think about two years ago where. At the beginning of the year, they were what without the center and the guard to start out, and all of a sudden it's like, oh yes, holy that was last year, yeah. Holy shit, yeah. Like, Goff getting pressured is terrible. That was such a bad team to start the season. Yep. All right, man, great job. Let's wrap it up and let's leave one last comment. Did you see Sadiq Bay didn't get taken in the top seventeen? Yeah, people. What? Some, some of these the numbers. Fuck? What? Really goofy. Um, oh my Timber- goodness! Timberwolves might not have anybody they drafted on their roster. Oh, did they already trade that uh, Serbian kid? I th- I thought that was part of the trade to Oklahoma City. Oh wow! Really? Check that. Oh yeah, so, yeah. That 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 checks honestly, out. If the if the Nets get Bay here, is this the Nets pick? I'm not 100 sure. Brooklyn. No, I, I don't know who has what pick. Honestly, the, the Heat the, are up next. If the Heat get Bay, that'd be nice, man. Ooh, that'd be nice for them. Yeah, there's still some nice pieces here. Ooh, baby. Bay. Ooh, yeah, there's some good players left. So, um, all right, well, I'm going right, to call it Best even. luck. Really good podcast. You, I yep, think, I think great you work. nailed it. I think I nailed it. And yep. looking forward to this weekend. We'll catch everyone who listened to this in time for Thursday night.
All right. Best of luck.